Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Error 204, a podcast that talks about theology from a Reformed perspective and genuinely nerdy things with no content that you won't love. My name is Luke Denner. With me is Mark Fromey. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about who we are, why we're here. We're going to talk about John Piper's Sola Fide article and just kind of the uh, uproar that has caused recently. And then we'll also be wrapping up the episode talking about theories for Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. So let's go ahead and dive in and start talking about us. Mark, I'll let you go first. All right. Well, welcome, everyone. We're glad to have you here. So my name is Mark Fromey. Um, I live in Michigan. I just recently moved here with my wife, and I work in the IT field. I'm on the global service desk at a company up here, and I'm currently a seminary student through Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary over in Kansas City doing a... uh, online program through there and I'm originally from southern Illinois and went to college with my co-host Luke um, so we we both went to Missouri Baptist University together and that's where we got to know each other I couldn't stand him the first time I met he him he flat out hated me yeah I, I, I did not like Luke and I just knew Mark is the guy with the lightsaber text tone that he forgot to turn off in class oh yeah that's probably happened a couple of times in that class Yep. So, uh, hence I was talking about Star Wars, right? Lightsaber tones? Yeah. Right. Yeah, uh, Mark was the one who, like, <laughs> made me come out of the closeted nerddom. Like, it was with Mark that I really started talking about how much I love Star Wars and nerdy things in public. Before that, I tried to be a cool kid. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, so, that's a little bit about me. Um, primarily, the reason my wife and I are up here is to plant a church. We are, uh, Reformed Baptists, we hold to the 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith, and uh, we believe God... Ten times better than the Westminster Confession. Yep, plagiarized almost word for word, except for a couple key areas that they improved on. Uh, So, so we... uh, Depending on your stance. Yeah, that's fair. So we, uh, my wife and I moved up here because we believe God's called us to plant a church up here. So long term, that's our goal, and until then, we're just uh, training and preparing and seeing where God leads us and what he has us do. So in my spare time, I enjoy playing video games and drinking coffee and reading books. Whatever there is to do. Whatever. Smoking pot, doing crack. Well, not those no, things. Mark, Mark, Mark doesn't do those things. Those are bad things, kids. Don't do those at home or in public or anywhere. You, you started this first podcast off great, jumping straight to drugs within like the first yeah. two minutes. I know. Hey, that draws the listeners in. You know, you got to be edgy. We're trying, okay, trying yeah. To be so one of them hip, cool kids. Like one of those um, se- so season I'm, one of shows where they uh, have a whole lot more sexual content just to draw them in. And then we're not going to have any sexual off. content in this podcast. No sexual content Good in call. the podcast. Good call. Yeah, especially. Never mind. Oh, anyway, I am. I'm Luke Denner, uh, co-hosting with Mark, obviously, um, from Missouri. So that's how Mark and I, like you said, got to know each other. Was at Missouri Baptist University. I didn't meet him until my sophomore year, and we kind of knew who each other were for about a year, and then junior year is when we really started becoming friends, because we were taking a logic class together, and this is the best thing that happened in college, in this class. I'm just going to take a sidebar to share this story, because I think it's funny. Oh, man, I love this story. So, we're we're in this logic class, and the professor would always show up at 8, and well, before 8, and he would lock the doors at 8, so if you were going to come in late, you had to knock on the door, it was his way of 
humiliating people who were late and trying to incentivize them to show up on time. So we had and to the do doors the doors were at the front of the class, so the entire class was facing the doors and the lecturer was standing in between them. Yeah, so if you came in late, everybody knew. And so Mark and I had to do a presentation. Well, the time for our presentation came around, and we were the first ones presenting that day, and the teacher was late. And so I looked over to Mark, and I was like, hey, there's like a 90% chance this gets us an A, and a 10% chance we failed the class. I went over, closed the doors, locked the doors, and we started our presentation. About 10 minutes in, without him being there, about 10 minutes in, there's a knock at the door. We opened up, it's him. He just looks at us and goes, touche, and sat down. And we he got did, an A. He didn't even make us start the presentation over. He sat down and he was like, there's a handful of students with him too. And he was like, well, for those of us who were late and interrupted the presentation, we're going to be quiet and let them continue where they're at. It was it was the best thing that, that happened in college. And that's, I think, when Mark and I really started becoming friends. You yeah, know? That pretty, Put yourself on the line. it pretty well. No, the, the whole spending time together for that presentation is when we started getting to know each other. Uh, my wife and I, like I said, live in Missouri. I also work in IT at Missouri Baptist University. Uh, Mark and I actually both worked there together until recently when he moved to Michigan. And so it was kind of our entryway into the IT field because we both have ministry degrees. Yep. But apparently when you get a ministry degree, you end up in the IT department if you can't find a job in a church. So, But it's, it's good. It's, it's a good way to interact with people. It's stuff that we actually enjoy, and so it's been cool. Um, I'm also Reformed Baptist, would hold to the 1689 is the, the confession I think I would line up with the most there. And hobbies, yeah, I guess we'll go with hobbies here. Hobbies pretty much the same as Mark. Mark and I are basically the same person. He just has a better filter than I do. That's, and so, that's scary true. So, Unfortunately. But yeah, so I enjoy video games, coffee, books, basically anything theological or nerdy is what I'm going to be spending my free time on. And so that's that's a bit about us. You'll obviously probably learn more about us as we go through the podcast if you stick around and keep listening. And so with with that said, with kind of this, you know, here here we go. Here's our big prologue intro, and we're going to cap it there. Let's get into this article by John Piper. And so recently, Piper wrote an article talking about Sola Fide because this year is going to be the 500th anniversary of Martin Luther nailing his theses to the door. And so... A lot of a lot of stuff is coming up about that. A lot of historical things are coming up. A lot of people are celebrating that, and in honor of that, Piper's writing this about Sola Fide, and got some backlash over the article. And Mark, you're the one who initially brought this to my attention. Like I didn't even know it was going on just because I was out of the loop because I haven't been paying much attention to the internet the past couple of days. And so, would you give us a rundown of kind of what Piper said and what people took issue with? Yeah, so uh, back on September 25th of this year, so it's been not quite a month, but it's been like three weeks. Um, so I guess I haven't been paying attention to the internet for three weeks then. Well, I, some of the other stuff didn't come out. I think last week was when people started writing uh, okay. articles criticizing Piper and things like that. Um, so for those of you that don't know who Piper is, he's a older guy who was a former pastor of Bethlehem Baptist Church, great theologian, great author. Um, Leans reformed, uh, very Calvinistic, and kind of the the joke is that John Piper is the gateway drug to reformed theology. Uh, He's like reformed theology diet edition. Yeah, reformed theology light. Um, I have yeah. I have a lot to thank him for. He's really the one that explained Calvinism in a way that I understood, and 
uh, made it something that I felt like I actually believed because he just made it very clear and concise and um, so I, I thank him for a lot of stuff and he's he's writes a lot of great things and to, to me this article is no different the reason we don't say he's fully reformed is because he wouldn't be confessionally reformed Piper's very reformed in his soteriology and then the rest of it flows out of that but there's no certain confession that he holds yeah. to yeah so he uh he wrote an article on September 25th titled, Does God Really Save Us by Faith Alone? So he spends his time talking about sola fide. He gives a brief overview of what the five solas are. They were the response of the Reformation to the Roman Catholic Church, kind of the five things that the Roman Catholic Church had moved away from or, or weren't um, teaching or practicing that they felt like was really uh, important. And so they, they didn't sum themselves up in the five solas, but out of the Reformation, we've kind of come to know it as that summary. So you have by gra uh, grace alone, through faith alone, Christ alone, uh, scripture alone, and glory of God alone, and they all have Latin names. And so sola fide is faith alone, and, and Piper wrote on that. And essentially, when, when I read, read through Piper's article after I'd heard about what was going on, it made no sense to me that people were getting in an uproar about this. Um, the article really just doesn't come across controversial at all to me, if you really understand Not what at all. Saying. Like, uh, when you showed it to me and I read through it, I was confused as to what the backlash was. Oh, I know. Because it, it, there's nothing there to give anything against or to complain about. And, and people were bothered some by a different phraseology used. and um, Basically, they took what he was saying to mean that Piper was saying, we're not saved by faith alone, but we're saved by faith and works, ultimately. Um, Which is contrary to everything Piper's ever taught or said, and so why they would they would get that from this, I don't understand. Oh yeah, it, it doesn't really make sense. He He's very specific about what he says, and he talks about... Like, if you're looking for a guy who champions the sovereignty <laughs> of God and salvation, I mean, yeah, Piper's your guy. Very much so. It's, he's written books on on how man has done nothing for his salvation. I mean, the guy's... John Piper's greatest hero of the faith is Jonathan Edwards, who was right. known for saying things like, the only thing you contributed to your salvation was the sin that made it necessary. Right? There wasn't a, an attitude of good works bringing about salvation from Edwards or Piper. And so it, it's really... Ultimately, what I think it comes down to is a misunderstanding of what Piper is saying. Um, he talks about being justified by faith, and he makes the statement in the article. Uh, it's on DesiringGod.com, which is his ministry and website. He says, In justification, faith receives a finished work of Christ performed outside of us and counted as ours, imputed to us. So he specifies that justification is finished through Christ by our faith. So faith alone, that in the context of justification, which is really his whole point, is that faith alone only works in the context of justification. And all the five solas work. That That yeah, is their context, exactly. is justification. And so he's saying it is finished. There's not anything we contribute to that. We are justified by faith alone. But he goes a step further in this article and talks about the process of sanctification. Because salvation is more than just being justified. Salvation is a process. Salvation has different aspects to it. 
And so sanctification happens throughout our lives as believers. And in that process, we are growing and becoming more like Christ. And so he kind of breaks down the book of James and talks through, you know, faith without works is dead and um, really specifies and, and expands on um, being saved by faith and then that faith producing works. And so I'm going to read, I'm, I want to yeah. read a paragraph out of this article real quick after he kind of exegetes okay. James a little bit. And then he points to even other places in scripture where, you know, Paul is known for putting a huge emphasis on faith above all else. Um, but Piper says, Paul would affirm all of this because he said in Galatians 5, 6, in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. The only kind of faith that counts for justification is the kind that produces love, the kind that bears the fruit of love, the faith which alone justifies is never alone but always bearing transforming fruit. So when James says these controversial words in James 2.24, a person is justified by works and not by faith alone, I take him to mean not by faith which is alone, but which shows itself by works. So he's not saying that works brings about justification, but that ju that works is a evidence of the faith that brought about justification. Right, and that's the whole tone of his whole, whole article here is... is fighting kind of against the idea that justification is faith alone, sanctification is faith alone, the completion of the gospel is, is faith alone. Again, it, it's all God. It's all Christ. He, he's done it all. Justification we cannot contribute to. But sanctification is a working out on our part. It is a, a living in the holiness and the freedom that's been secured by Christ. I mean, you go back to the beginning of Galatians, and it's talking about being set free from sin. And that's the tone of the whole book, is we've been set free from slavery to sin, but we've set, been set free for a purpose. We haven't been set free to keep living the same way, and that requires action on our parts. And, and that's what Piper's talking about here, is, is that action that flows out of the justification that Christ has secured. And so that's not contributing to it, but it's a fruit of it. Exactly, and it, that's what it goes back to, is the fruits, right? You, you read... Continuing on in Galatians and, and in Paul's epistles, he emphasizes the fruits of the Spirit. Why do those matter? Well, they matter because they are an outflow of our faith and they are an outflow of our salvation through Christ that we become more like him. Um, so Paul emphasizes the fruits and then you look back in John even, 15. As I say, even Jesus. Yeah, John 15, Jesus talks about the true vine and the branches and the branches become grafted into the vine, but it's only when they bear fruit that they are evidence that they are bran true branches and that branches who don't bear fruit, in other words, branches that profess faith, that don't actually practice their faith or show evidence of their faith, show fruits of it, are not really considered branches because the natural outflow of that justification is, is fruit, it is works. Yeah, and those branches are cast out, so they're clearly not not believers are clearly not Christians. And you even take that back and you look at the parable of the sower and you see there, there's one good soil. There's one good soil. And the way that that good soil is evidenced is it's a crop that yields fruit, that yields seed. And Absolutely. so all, all throughout you see this. There's, there's an evidence that comes with it. And so a lot of people will say that they have faith, but not all of those people are going to be coming into the kingdom because their faith isn't genuine their faith isn't producing works and so again the works aren't what's saving 
the works are evidence of the saving grace that has occurred. Yeah, there was just some there was some people that wrote articles criticizing this that really um, their response showed just a lack of understanding of what Piper was saying. Yeah. I think they took him out of context, or they took they they really honed in on things that really didn't catch the whole tone of the article. I have one here that was written by our Scott Clark pulled up, and this is this is a paragraph out of there. And this was in response to Piper's article, from what I understand. It says, Now some writers have moved from speaking about justification, solo gratia, solo fide, grace alone, faith alone, to salvation through faith and works. Justification, they say, is by grace alone, through faith alone, but that is only half the picture. Which is, is accurate. The rest of the picture includes the broader category of salvation, which includes sanctification, which they say is by works. Therefore, good works are more than just fruit and evidence of our salvation. They are instrumental. And that's not at all what Piper's saying here. He's saying that the instrumental part is the justification that Christ occurs. I mean, you could even go so far as to say sanctification is a fruit or the outflowing of justification. You, you can't be sanctified apart from being justified. And so he's not saying it's contributing to our salvation. He's saying it's the evidential aspect of it. But he's emphasizing the fact that we can't just say, oh, I'm going to be sanctified through my faith, and, and that lead to an inaction. And so it is faith that sanctifies us. But that, that faith causes action. That faith causes a change in our lives. It causes us to live differently. And that's what Piper's talking about in his article, at least the way I'm understanding it, and especially when you take it in context of the rest of Piper's books and sermons and his work. Yeah, I don't think Piper this late in his life has taken a sharp turn south. Um, I think that the emphasis really is on what, what you kind of brought up, that it's evidential and not effectual, right? There's the, the works don't lead to salvation. The works are evidence of the salvation. Uh, they're evidence of the justification. And so I think ultimately it's just people not understanding what Piper is saying. I, I don't know what else it could be. Yeah, Uh, I don't, I don't either. I think it could be to a, a bad definition of the word faith. Um, I think a lot of times we think of the word faith as just cognitively understanding something. And so, like, you have churches saying, oh, just accept Jesus, just believe that he paid for your sins and you're saved and that's it. When Scripture teaches, confess him as Lord. And so you are putting your faith in him, but it's not a cognitive recognition. It's a leaning into, a pressing into, a resting your life on him. And so that necessitates action. That necessitates a change because a master is changing in your life. You're, you're no longer mastered by sin. You're mastered by Christ, which means, again, back to the fruit. The fruit's going to be showing. And that's what I see Piper talking about. And I think almost firing a warning shot across the bow of the church because a lot of times we neglect that part of salvation. We neglect that part of theology that it's not just, a, oh, ask Jesus into your heart and you're good to go. It's submit to him as Lord and live differently than you've been living before. Not so you can be saved, but because you've been saved. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's, I almost think, I, I wonder how much um, Piper and guys like R. Scott Clark are actually trying to accomplish the same things in what they're saying where... I think Piper's emphasizing this because he wants people to know, you know, one, antinomianism is not okay. You can't just sit around and not do anything once you've been justified. It's not 
you know, salvation is not fire insurance. Salvation right. is um, actually being changed and living your life differently because you've you've been resurrected spiritually by the Holy Spirit, and there has been an entire heart change, an entire attitude change in that. Uh, and I think while he's trying to show that works are a necessary outflow of that, he's also, I think, being very clear that works don't save. I think R. Scott Clark is emphasizing that we're saved by faith because Protestant evangelicalism in the U.S. really doesn't seem to understand that. When you look yeah. at, I know I was looking at an article that was a Pew Research report showing that 52% of Protestants in the U.S. believe that it takes both faith and good works to get into heaven, and only 46% believe that we're saved by faith alone. Which would make all of the reformers just roll over in their graves. Because that's oh, exactly yeah. what they were fighting against, was that mindset that anything other than Christ's atoning work on the cross contributed to our salvation. Absolutely. That's, and so, yeah, I, it's not... Yeah. I do agree. I think I think they might just be talking past each other or misunderstanding what's being said there. And and I think that's the cause of a lot of the debates within the church. I think there are times we tend to just talk past each other. And then there are times when there are serious disagreements that need to be talked out and need to be discussed because we want to be doing this as biblically as possible. And I, I really appreciate that about Piper's article. He ends his article talking about first being biblical and then being reformed and saying we take what the reformer said and we take reformation or all the work of the Reformation, and we line it up with Scripture, and where it overlaps, that's where we keep it. But Scripture has to be the highest authority. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the Reformation follows that, for the most part. Well, that's because that that was their attitude as well. And so they the reason that we tend to look to or study the Puritans and the Reformers isn't because we think they're perfect, but it's because they had such an emphasis on Scripture as their final authority that they had a lot of things right. Now, they weren't, again, they weren't perfect. They weren't 100% right. They still sinned. They did a lot of things that weren't great, but their focus was where it should have been, and that was evidenced in the way they lived their lives and their theology. Definitely. Definitely, yeah. And... And that's another thing that I'd like to touch on really quick while we're here. I, I don't know if there's much more to say on the Piper article, but as we're talking about that living their lives and their theology and seeing those both play out, as we're talking about theology through this podcast, we want it to always be applicable to people listening. We want to make sure that it's it's actually bringing this this effect, just like the the faith by itself is dead. Theology alone is is dead. Theology is our foundation that we have to build the house on. But if we just stop there, we have a stone-cold slab that's, that's just useless. It's not good for shelter. It's not good for anything. But at the same time, if all we care about is, oh, well, I just let's forget the theology and let's just love people and let's go out and care about people, then we have no foundation that we're standing on. The wind blows and knocks the house down because we don't honestly know where we stand in relation to important topics like soteriology like the Trinity and, and these, these things because we don't have a grounded theology. And so we have to have a grounded theology, but that theology has to have application coming out of it. If we separate the two, if we divorce the two, then 
we're doing a horrible injustice to any people we're talking with. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Yeah, we, we want to be careful to always have application to what we're saying. We don't want to just sit here and talk uh, without it ever making a change in our lives or in others' lives. I mean, the, God's Word should be changing us. The Holy Spirit should be sanctifying us and making us more like Christ. And so be, being intentional to communicate and understand that we have to do more than just talk about theology. We have to actually live it out. We have to actually put it into practice. And uh, that's one of the things I love about this shout out already to doctrine and devotion. Uh, Joe Thorne and Jimmy Fowler over there emphasize that doctrine and the devotion. There, there's a combination yeah. there, right? You have to know your doctrine. You have to understand your theology, but it also has to play out in your life. And it also has to make a difference in the way that you are seen by the world because we are different. Yeah, and that's a that's a fantastic podcast, guys. If you're listening to us and somehow haven't heard that one, strongly recommend Go listen to going them. over there and checking out their their stuff. And they actually talked about that exact thing. They were going through the five kinds of Calvinists, and they were talking about how the bad Calvinist separates those two, separates the doctrine from devotion. And I think that's something that we've become guilty of, in at least in America and in the church, of having theologians who separate the two and so they know all the theology and they know all this deep rich stuff but they don't let it affect their lives and so instead of using it to to then go out and, and love people they use it as, as like a club to whack people over the head and show them where they're wrong theologically and i know i've been guilty of that and i know you've been guilty of that yep and and it's hard not to because in our flesh in our sin nature we want to take that knowledge and we want to seem smart and so we end up using it as a weapon instead of using it as a tool to help build up and encourage. Well, and with that, it's it's lazy, too. It's it's easy to talk theology and not do anything with it. It, it becomes a lazy practice yeah. to spend all of your time discussing it or pointing out doctrine or even learning it, but if you're not actually letting that become a discipline in your life and, and change the way you live, it's just pure laziness. Yeah, so let's, let's be honest with what we just said what's what is the application coming out of all this stuff we talked about with piper all this theology we just talked about uh, with it being faith alone but there should be works well i think that's what it comes down to we need to just be more intentional about allowing god's word to change our lives we need to be intentional about studying god's word so that we actually know it uh we're given examples throughout scripture we have jesus and his life and the gospels uh literally perfect there's not really a better example of how to live than him uh and that's god's word is is there to equip us and prepare us to live a life that is christ-like and so being intentional about not putting it off to the side or um you know ignoring it but actually reading it studying it growing in it and, and applying it and encouraging others to do the same uh, i think that we as Christians need to push each other in discipleship to really and truly um, follow after and, and do what God's word calls us to do because it, it's easy to ignore ignore it. And so I think that it really just comes down to intentionality and discipline on our parts as believers to recognize that, yes, we're saved by faith or justified by faith, but there's more to it after that and we can't stop. Yeah. And... And I think that honestly does come in with teaching theology within the church. 
with laying that foundation and then again building the application off of it but that that all starts back at scripture that all starts back at prayer with in time spent in fellowship with god and i think if we if we were more intentional about that and more intentional about actually recognizing where good theology comes from that it comes from god revealing it to us i think that would help with some of the issues we talked about earlier with that divorcing and using it as a weapon because if we realize these doctrines of grace these these truths that are being revealed to us from scripture are being revealed to us from scripture they're not nuggets that we're going in and finding by our own intellect or our own ability but it's the spirit revealing them to us I think that would help us a lot I think it would help me a lot in the area of humility and remembering oh this isn't because I'm some brainiac this is because God is his spirit is working in me and he's revealing these things through his word and that's kind of the part behind us doing this podcast too is we want to take the conversations that we have really on a daily basis. Luke and I talk about this stuff all the time and no, we don't think that we're crazy smart or have a bunch of good stuff to say that y'all need to hear. I mean, I'm crazy smart. Um, Not really. Huh? I said I'm crazy smart. Not really. Go on. Oh, yeah, Sorry. No. Go ahead. Um, no, I think that uh, really... It's God's given us a passion for this and a heart for this. And if it's possible for our discussions and our time that we spend growing together, uh, if, if that can benefit listeners or benefit other people, then we want to see that happen. We want people to, to know and love God more. And if our conversations, if God can use that uh, for his glory and to help brothers and sisters in Christ, then by all means, God, use us. Like That's why we're here. That's why we Definitely. want to do this. Yeah, that, that really is our heart, guys. We know there's a, a bunch of podcasts out there dealing with theology, and a bunch of guys who do a really great job dealing with theology and dealing with application. But there's been such a lack of that in the church that it's not a bad thing to have more. And so that's, that's our goal. It's not to replace other podcasts or say we're better than other podcasts. In fact, we mentioned Doctrine and Devotion. Those guys have way better things to say than we do. Listen to them. Way better. But... We do want to provide another option, provide another another thing out there, and and we think that that's necessary for the church to be getting this, to be getting theology, and so that's that's our heart, and and also too our heart for theology is not not to puff up, not to go oh you need to know this doctrine, you need to know the difference between superlapsarianism and infralapsarianism, and have a decisive point where you stand. That that's not our goal. Our goal is to portray God as accurately as we possibly can because he's worthy of that. And we see ourselves more accurately in light of that. And it should it should motivate us to glory and to worship. You go to the treasure hidden in the field. When, when somebody finds something truly worthy, their reaction is to worship. And the more accurately we see God, the more worthy we see him. And the more it drives us to this fruit, to the life of worship, to the life of bringing him glory. And so that's, that's our goal with this. That's our heart, is to hopefully encourage each other, Mark and I encourage each other, and then encourage brothers and sisters who are listening to lives of worship and glory for, for God. Absolutely, yeah. Now for our, our awkward transition. That's, that's our theology. Yeah, go from the weighty theology to, uh, to Star Wars The Last Jedi. Episode 8. Coming out in December. It will be. Oh, there's another I good already movie have my out. tickets. My my wife and I got our tickets already. That's awesome. I still need to get mine. I should just come out there and see it with you in Michigan. 
Yeah, dude. That's a long drive for me. Going to IMAX over in Grand Rapids. It's going to be great. Yeah, I'll spend five bucks at the theater down the road. And by down the road, I mean 20 minutes away because I live in the middle of nowhere. But a lot cheaper, that's for sure. It is cheaper. There's also another good movie coming out. This is a shameless plug for this. The other movie that I am super, super excited for coming out in December is Psych, the movie, which we will definitely have to talk about in a future episode. The greatest psychic detectives ever. They really are. The only ones that I know about. I haven't really watched any other psychic detective shows. Phenomenal show. If you have not watched Psych... It's not on Netflix anymore. Find somewhere to watch it. Yeah, and that watch just breaks Psych. my heart. Man, I'm telling you, it, uh, it, it's sad all the shows they're taking off of there. Man, I'm ready to... Well, they took Chuck off, which is my all-time favorite show. And once that came off, I got the Blu-ray complete series of Chuck because I'm not giving that show up. <laughs> and the problem with Psych was it was super expensive to find the complete series anywhere. It is. It's like, so crazy expensive. The complete expensive. series anywhere was over... Like somewhere around like 150 to 170 bucks. Because it's such a good show. It's cheaper on Amazon now. You can find it for anywhere from like 50 to 75 bucks now, and so I need to actually just pick up the series. I know what I'm asking for for Christmas. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Lindsay hasn't. My wife, Lindsay, has not watched all of it yet, and so we got to get her caught up on the show before the the movie comes out. Yeah, you definitely need to do that. That is that's crucial, especially because there'll be major spoilers in the movie since they're continuing on from the season finale. Oh yeah, definitely. Or series finale, I guess. So, but yeah, yeah, great show. Yeah, yeah, Netflix has just been been making me sad lately. Yeah, it's been sad. There's a lot of shows that have gone away. So, but enough They're about focusing a lot on their originals, which their own shows. They yeah. do have some good ones. I mean, yeah, some are good. There've been some decent ones they put out, but I'm afraid if they keep doing that, they're going to end up shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, me too. But what do I know? I'm not a I'm not a big marketing or business guy. I just work in IT. Nope. Yep. So, episode 8. Now that episode eight. Chase that rabbit down. Yes. Mark yeah, has for, a theory uh, that he has said is, is too complex to talk about through text, and so he, he wouldn't tell it to me over text. He, he wanted me to hear it in person, and so we're going to do that now it's together. It's mostly just that I'm too lazy to try to type it all out. Gotcha. That, that makes sense. Um, actually, before we get um, into your theory, I want to talk about my okay. favorite one that I've found so far, and by favorite, I mean the stupidest one. So, there is a fan theory out there from a a YouTube user, and the theory is that Rey is a clone of Luke, and she was cloned off of the DNA from his severed hand. Oh, so dumb. Like, I I don't know, this is probably the same person who came up with the Flat Earth theory. Oh, man. I'm pretty sure this is the same person who came up with Flat Earth, (laughs) because this is right there on that level. I'll tell you what, I, I personally am a fan of the Flat Death Star Theory. I do like the Flat Death Star Theory. Oh, yeah. Oh, if you're man, a Flat Earther, that's... we still love you. We need to talk. There's there's some issues that you got going on here. Yeah. So, but but just know we love you. We're, we're not, we, 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 don't, we don't hate you or anything like that. We can still be brothers. We can disagree on that. We're just going to judge you hardcore. Oh man, so that's probably great. Uh-huh. So anyway, so yeah, that's that's not going to happen. Ray's not going to end up being a clone of Luke. So Mark has a better no, theory about no Ray. What, what's your theory? My theory, and, and I call it a theory. Really, it's it's my hope. So I I lived with uh, a couple roommates before I got married, and we talked about Star Wars stuff a lot. We were all nerdy, and it was right. It was after Episode Seven had already come out, and Rogue One came out while we were roommates together, and so we all went and saw that movie and everything. Um, but we discussed Star Wars a lot, and we discussed Star Wars theories. 
and this was before Last Jedi had any trailers or anything like that. And we we all agreed. What what I hope and theorize is that Ray is going to go to the dark side, and Kylo is going to redeem himself. I don't th- you know. There's the theory that Ray is Luke's daughter. Yeah, I don't or, think that one holds much weight at all. Yeah, or or there's the theory that Ray is, um, you know, another child of Han and Leia. Which yeah, I don't I think, think that one makes sense likely. either. Like Han, Han and Leia would have recognized her. I feel like if that had been the case. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Han did act act fatherly towards her, but that's just because he's an old dude, and so he was being nice. But yeah, I, I, I definitely don't see... And you'd think they would have made I, a mention. Like, Han and Leia would have talked about, could this be our daughter? She doesn't know who her parents are. And so, the fact that none yeah, of that's I, there... I don't think that one makes too much sense either. Um, they're cousins. Disney told us that yeah. in their video game. Oh my goodness. <laughs> dude! I, dude! Ray is Jar Jar in disguise. Oh my goodness. The Jar Jar theories... They never die. Ray is Jar Jar. Jar Jar became such a great Sith Lord, he could shift his form, and he transformed himself into Ray. And she is just going to create a Death Star with the Force and blow up the entire universe. That's my theory. I like it. We're going with that theory. Okay. You all heard no, it here first. When it happens, was- <laughs> we get to say, I told you so. Yeah. If it happens, we'll say I told you so. We'll also cry because say, Star happens, Wars is ruined. I will, I will just bawl my eyes out because the best, the best movie series of all time has been ruined. Yeah. So I, I'm, and here the reason I think if George that, Lucas was that, still in charge, he would do it. Oh, for sure. Jar Jar would be here somewhere. Uh huh. Um. So the reason I think that Ray will go to the dark side and that Kylo will go to the other side, so. The thing is, with the trilogies of Star Wars, there is always a focus on a Skywalker, right? So in the original trilogy, you have Luke Skywalker, and and ultimately even Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader. And in the prequel trilogy, you have Anakin Skywalker as the main focus in his story. And so it makes sense to stick with the theme of having a Skywalker as kind of your central character, the one who is walking through the main struggles and trials of of the force and all of those things and so i don't think that needs to be ray because you already have a skywalker in kylo ren because he is the daughter of leia who is a skywalker and so i think it would make sense to have a redemption for kylo and and you can see when he kills spoiler alerts for the force awakens by the way if you haven't seen it yet, what are you doing? Um, yeah, you, you need to stop what you're doing. Yeah, you need to take off work, see the movie. take off school, watch the movie. Yeah, ignore all worldly responsibilities. Don't skip church. That's the only thing you're not allowed to skip. Yep. But take it that, in church on like an iPad and watch it while the pastor's preaching. Um, Don't actually do that. That's a bad idea. Yeah, that would be horrible. Uh, so, so the thing is, he he kills Han Solo, who is his father. And, and he kills him thinking that that's going to remove that. Like, the whole movie, he's struggling with, with this light that's in him, even though he wants to be evil. And he thinks, you know, killing his father is going to bring him that final... It's going to get rid of the light that's in him and going to really bring him around to being 
the evil master of the Knights of Rin that he's supposed to be. He's not a Sith. That's the Snoke and Kylo are not Sith, or at least we don't think Snoke is a Sith. I think Snoke is probably Sith. Ren is not. Yeah, Kylo Ren is definitely not. Um, But it makes sense that he would return or, or redeem himself back to the light because killing his father clearly didn't do what it, he wanted it to do and all of that kind of stuff. And then on the flip side of that, Ray is afraid and emotional throughout the whole movie. She's um, fearful, which you go back to Yoda, fear is the start of the path to the dark side. Uh, she's afraid of the force. She runs from it. She wants nothing to do with it. And on top of that, she's also angry throughout the movie. Like, she gets very angry and very emotional in a lot of different situations. And so, it would make sense, which parallels Anakin Skywalker, who was emotional and distraught and angry pretty much all the time. Yeah, but Ray's not it's, trying to make out with someone who's like 20 years older than her. <gasps> New theory. Uh, Ray and Luke get together. Oh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, that one happened. I hate that that was even brought up. You're welcome. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, so my hope is that Ray will uh, become evil. I think that it's kind of hinted and pointed in that direction, and that's even the case in the new Last Jedi trailer. There's a statement from Luke that we assume he's talking to Ray. It doesn't really specify, and I don't put too much weight in the Star Wars trailers because they do a good job at misdirecting and not giving away too much information. Uh, but he says something along the lines of, I've only seen this kind of raw power once before, and it didn't scare me then, it does now. And so the assumption is kind of he's, the once before was probably Kylo. Yeah, that's what it looks uh, like who, from the trailer anyway, with the yeah, burning and of we the Masasai Temple. We know from Han talking in Episode 7 that Kylo destroyed the the Jedi Order that Luke had started, and um, all kinds of stuff, and so... It makes sense. He's the reason Luke went into hiding. And so it makes sense that that would be the, the power he saw that he didn't. Which is also just sad that Luke even went into hiding. I'm still I'm still not happy with Disney for throwing out yeah, the he's, EU. Yeah, he's running from his problems. Well, and that's not how he was. Like, Luke became this awesome Jedi warrior in the expanded universe. And when Disney just takes over and throws all of that out, and I don't think I can ever forgive them for that. Oh, no. Just like There's I can't, much good stuff can't ever forgive the Walking Dead for killing off Beth. So, more spoilers. Yeah, we'll, we'll put that in the in the notes that there's a Walking Dead spoiler. All the spoilers. But, yeah. yeah, speaking of the EU, another theory that floats around, I think, is because the writers are at least conscious of the fact that this was in the EU. And that goes back to the Rey being another daughter of the Solos. I think people are wanting to see that Jason and Jaina. Because they were such a great and, and integral part of the EU. And, oh, yeah. and so I they think were, a lot of people are wanting it and I think the writers were trying to set it up so people would go off of that bias and assume that but I think they were trying to set it up for that gotcha moment like the I am your father and see, finding out that Luke just made out with his sister and stuff like that yeah. so because that's, that's honestly been a big part of Star Wars is, is trying to flip this on you and make you not make you think something that's not accurate yeah, it's true, and that's... I mean, Force Awakens did that in their trailers leading up to the movie where they made you think that Finn was going to be the the Jedi character, the one who the Force is awakened in, and there was all the shots of him with the lightsaber. And yep. 
Ray was really only ever in the background of well, even of the, the Force opening, Awakens trailers. Even the opening of Force Awakens focused on Finn. It was all Finn. Yeah. It makes you think, oh, this is going to be our, our main protagonist here. And then, boom, Ray. And then Ray shows up. so, that. I think that they do a good job of misdirecting on purpose. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm curious to see what actually happens. That's, that's one of the things I love about it. I, I want them to be original, though. I don't want them to... I like callbacks to the originals. I like callbacks to what Star Wars was. I want them to respect what was created. Um, and I think I mean, they, they already are, disrespected my, my, it when they threw out the EU. Just hitting that again. Well, go ahead. My my hope is that they don't uh, they don't try to just rehash what's already been been done. Uh, I don't want to see just another original trilogy. I don't want. I want this movie. I'm okay with it being darker. Like Empire Strikes Back was significantly darker than the other movies. Uh, I think that can be a good tone for a second movie. When when you're talking about a trilogy layout, that makes sense. Um, I mean, it's that way. In, you're building up to the finale of the third movie. It's that way in Lord of the Rings too. Two Towers is a lot more dismal and, and dark, yeah, very much at so. least in my opinion, than the setup that you get in Fellowship of the Ring. And then the conclusion that you get in Return of the King. It's very true. And so I'm, I'm okay with that, but I just I don't want this to be. The Last Jedi Strikes Back. Like, I don't want it to be Episode 5 again. Right? I mean, we already got the AT-ATs in the trailer. So, if there's a shield generator in there at the opening of the show... Oh, opening assault on some secret resistance base. Yep. Yeah, I, that see, that'll disappoint me. Still watch it, but that's going to disappoint me. Yeah, I'm hoping they don't do uh, something like that. So, I want them to... I also to want to know what's going on with the legs of these new adats. That's just me. Sorry. You were saying something. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Wouldn't say anything important. Uh, Everything you say is important, Mark. This is the show where no content <laughs> will be loved. Oh, no by the way, we didn't loved. say that earlier on. I'm gonna chase. We're gonna chase another rabbit here, folks. So the reason our show is called Error Two Hundred Four or Podcast, I guess I shouldn't call it a show because we're nerds. Because we're nerds. Because we work in IT and we're really crappy at coming up with names. Like. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a creative person. It, it's it's it was bad. We probably threw about a hundred ideas around before we came to this one, and none of them were good. Nope, um, not one. But anyway, so a lot of you are probably familiar with Error 404 if you've done anything on the internet, and that's when you go to a website and it can't be found, and so it says object not found. Error 204 is no content, and so we figured we'd twist that, and because there's going to be no content in this show that you don't love. And if you don't love this one, listen to the next episode, and maybe you'll like that one. There you go. And if if you came to this as a tech person or an IT person because you saw Error 204 and were curious because you actually knew what that was... And somehow made it this far in the episode. Yes, made it here. We will talk about work stuff, probably. We'll talk about IT stuff because, again, that's what we both do for a living, and we're familiar with it. We're acquainted with it. And so it will come up at certain points, but... It's not really the focus of what we're doing. It was just relevant and something that wasn't the horrible name. Yeah, it may so. not be the best name, but you know, it's not horrible because our other runner-up was insert podcast title here. So that almost happened. You can see how bad we are at this, but hopefully, hopefully, actually talking is is going better than that. But so jumping back, here we go. Shot that rabbit. We're back to back Your to episode theory. eight. On the last gen. My theory. So, what, your, do you, your, what do you want? Your theory is Kylo is going to become good, Ray's going to become bad, and in a nutshell, yes. Yeah, some summed up. My hope, I'm, I'm really hoping that Ray does turn out to be a Kenobi, 
I, I, I see the parallels there. You have Rey wearing very similar clothing to Obi-Wan's throughout the prequel trilogy. She has the accent like Obi-Wan has. She knows how to wield a lightsaber pretty well, which is something that Obi-Wan was renowned for throughout the entire Star Wars universe, expanded universe, and the stuff that is now canon. And so I think there are semblances there. You also have, you've been talking about parallels, and you want to talk about a movie that's paralleled a lot of stuff, it was 7 to 4. And we have Rey and Kylo fighting at the end of that movie, and it, I think that could be a flashback or a parallel to Obi-Wan and Vader fighting. And so, once again, you have a Kenobi against a Skywalker pitted against each other. Now, what I'm really hoping happens out of that is that since this is called The Last Jedi, we're going to see the Jedi Order as we know it end, and we're going to see the institution of Grey Jedi. And I would love, I think it would be fantastic if they did this, because the whole purpose is to bring balance to the Force. And if Luke is the son of Vader, who was the Chosen One, the one who's supposed to bring balance to the Force, and so it's coming through Luke, and Luke brings Kylo from the dark side to the Grey Jedi and brings Rey from the light side where she, we assume, is now to be a Grey Jedi and balances out the dark and the light side of the Force in the Grey Jedi Order and then the main antagonist becomes Snoke. That's what I would love to see. I think that'd be a fantastic play on bringing balance to the Force. I think that would be a great way to incorporate two very strong characters without making them, either of them, become a villain. But whether or not they'll do that, I don't know. That's that's my theory and that's my hope for the movie. So we we combine our theories. You ready for this? <laughs> Is Ray gonna become bad? Yeah. Kylo becomes good, and then Luke draws them both to the middle. No, you. Oh. you so Ray's a Kenobi. Kylo's your, your Skywalker. Ray goes bad. Kylo's good, and you have that ultimate duel, kind of like Vader and Obi Wan, except this time the Kenobi is the Sith. And, and the Skywalker, Skywalker is the, the Jedi. Jedi. That would be interesting. I don't like it as much though. I want I want the Great Jedi, and all the all the philosophy and theological implications that come out of the whole. Oh, let's bring balance to good and evil, and, and that yeah. that world. For those view. of you that don't know, the Great Jedi was an order of Jedi who essentially thought that there wasn't necessarily a need to align yourself with dark or light, but that there was balance in the middle. Um. You know, the the Jedi are the very peaceful, logical, calm um, intellectuals that strive to serve others around them and serve the, the greater good using the Force, whereas the Sith are the polar opposite of being power-hungry, selfish, dark, hateful, angry people that use the Force for their own benefit and their own betterment. I will say. The Grey Jedi thought there was a, a happy medium in there that you could seek power and you could um, learn these, the ways that the Jedi considered dark while still being able to, to do things for the good of, of others. Yeah, and in the EU, that didn't always play out so hot. Like, Revan was the one who established nope. the Grey Jedi Order and ends up becoming Darth Revan, and so he ends up becoming a Sith. Um, so. It, it doesn't always work out so well, but I think the idea of having that in there is cool. Again, just for the movie, the the implications of that are are obviously complicated, but yeah, very. But I think it could be. I think it could be a cool take on the movie. 
I know that everybody yeah. who's read the EU and everybody who knows a decent no, bit of Star Wars hoping. lore Cause, cause Luke, thought that as soon as Luke said, the, EU, yeah. the Jedi must end. When you look at the EU, sorry, go ahead. When you when you look at the EU, Luke was the epitome or the perfection of what Grey Jedi was. By the, by the later books and everything after Episode Six, he ultimately kind of got to that place where he was what Revan kind of wanted yeah. the, the Grey Jedi to be. Yeah, and the whole Jedi Order following him, like the new Jedi Order, basically became yeah, very much so Grey Jedi. Jedi. So, which is is interesting, but it, and it definitely didn't play out entirely that way. I mean, you have Anakin Solo in the EU becoming so in tune with the light side of the force that he literally just becomes consumed by it. Yep. And so it, it didn't stick straight down that line, but the majority of the time it did. Yeah. Yeah, so those are our those are our hopes. Those are our dreams for episode eight. And I guess we will have to wait until December to see what happens. But it will be revisited once the movies come out, I guarantee it. It definitely will with me telling Mark why I was right and he was wrong. Actually, probably with them throwing in some totally Something different totally thing, different. and we both realized we were way off. Yeah. yeah, again, as long as it's as long as it's a good story, as long as it's original, I'm happy. As long as it doesn't turn yep. into Marvel, we're gonna pop them out every two months and try and suck your money. So hopefully not. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see. So, well, that is what we had scheduled to talk about today. We're grateful for all of you who listened. Hopefully, you'll come back and check out some other episodes. If you liked our podcast or have something you want to talk to us about, you can email us at error204podcast at gmail.com. Link will be in the show notes. We also uh, have we a Facebook hopefully group. Hopefully, have a Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. And Twitter page that you can follow us on, the group you can chat with us on. If you have things you want us to talk about, be the theological, be the nerdy, send us an email, send us something on Facebook or Twitter, and we will do our best to accommodate that. Again, the show's probably going to follow this kind of a format where we discuss theology. That's going to be the one mainstay throughout the podcast. And then either video games or movie or tech stuff, something something nerdy in there for the other part of the show. And so hopefully you enjoyed what you heard. Again, hit us up at Gmail, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll have those links in the show notes. And we really appreciate you guys listening to us. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.